Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Stephanie Oxman, the host of She's a DPM, and today's special guest is Dr. Vanessa Barrow of Soul Aesthetics. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been following you on Instagram and just seeing um, how much of a power like house you are. And it's a very inspiring and motivating. So I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get started, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Um, well, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, and that's where I'm practicing right now. Um, went to uh, Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science under Scholl. And so most people, I, it's, the name changed while I was there. But anyway, um, residency was here, uh, back here in Houston. Um, and then I started practicing in Connecticut um, for about seven years before I relocated back here. Uh, undergrad, went to University of Michigan, you know, so uh, go blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So then you practiced in Connecticut for a while. Now you're back in Houston. Um, and I know that you started your own private practice. Yeah, I started back in, I opened, I purchased it from him um, and it's a former attending that was retiring. So that was back in 2018. Um, before then I'd worked for a large ACO. I had worked for, um, you know, nursing homes. So I just kind of, you know, have, have pretty much experienced, you know, a lot of different um, you know, avenues of how to practice, you know, so, and I've always found that private practice was what I was best suited for. So, yeah, well, I, I am just now one year into starting my own solo private practice. So it's always like very exciting to hear somebody else kind of further down the road than me. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's a, there's hope and there's growth. It is. It's, it's, Hey, it's, you know, we're, we're crazy for being entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster of a ride, but, you know, I think that at the end of the day, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's uh, more rewarding, you know, uh, at the end of the day, even, even with the, the pitfalls. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say. I'm like, it's a a different type of challenge, but I can't imagine not doing it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So your private practice is soul aesthetic. Um, it's a very like unique, I, lots of times people want to hear about the different subspecialties or niches that are available in podiatry. And you have a very unique one too, uh, with regenerative medicine and aesthetics. So can you dive into like, what brought you into this, um, that kind of subspecialty? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the future of medicine is regenerative medicine, you know, and um, I was excited to bring that to our field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, podiatry has so many, um, has a lot of room for growth. It really does. And when I started, because I started practicing back in 2008 is when I first started practicing. Uh, out of residency. And, you know, I just, there was always something that could be done more, you know, because a lot of times we get stuck into this box. And that was my whole thing is, you know, I want to be able to, you know, raise the bar, set a new standard, you know, and that's one of the reasons I 
picked up on the regenerative medicine. Um, my patients do amazing with it. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for new advances and new ways to treat patients. You know, I mean, there's still some tried and true and some old school stuff that still works, obviously, but, you know, we've got to look to the future and see you know, what else can we do to help patients, you know? Um, and I just didn't feel like I was making a difference in other ways, you know, when I was working for an ACO, you know, because I felt limited as to what can be done, you know, and I, and, and I hate feeling limited. And that's the thing, because I mean, our scope of practice is limited, you know, in and of itself, but there's so much that we can still do within our small scope. Um, so that's when I decided to take more of a regenerative medicine role, you know, in the practice. And as far as the aesthetic part, you know, cause a lot of people think, okay, aesthetics, you know, uh, what exactly are you doing? Um, and it really is the stuff that we, some of the stuff we already been doing for years, you know, like Botox for hyperhidrosis, that is still, it's, it's, a, it's still an aesthetic, you know, same thing if patients are getting, you know, disport or whatever, you know, in their pits somewhere else, you know, so that's, I mean, that, that's, that still falls under the line of aesthetics, but also, you know, I'm doing the dermal filler, you know, for fat pad atrophy. So that, that's under the aesthetic part. So, you know, that's the regenerative medicine is going to be the PRP, the bone marrow aspirate, you know, and then the aesthetics is going to be the dermal filler, the um, uh, Botox, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, which a lot of times practices, especially if they're not under private practice, they're a part of larger groups or hospital systems, don't really have the, it doesn't fit in their kind of treatment algorithms usually. Right, exactly. Oh, absolutely, exactly. Was it interesting, like buying a practice and then having to kind of form it into your own, like that kind of change where I'm sure. I'm not sure if it was oh, a regenerative yeah. practice. In the no, beginning. no, it was, it was your quote unquote, typical podiatry office. And, um, he, um, the, the attending that was uh, retiring, had been in practice for 40 years. So you can imagine it was, you know, typical old school. You already know, <laughs> you know, um, I, this was, this was a complete facelift, you know, for this practice, you know, and, you know, it's, it, he had a lot, I had a, he had a huge following and mm-hmm. a lot of the patients still stayed, you know, even after he uh, phased himself out and, you know, started seeing me, but then I started bringing in a different patient demographic because of what I offer. And that's what I wanted to do. So it was just, um, it was exciting. If anything, it wasn't, it, it was difficult for the existing, some of the existing patients because they're like soul aesthetic and, you know, what, why do you have this weird name and this and that, you know, but people come around, <laughs> they adapted, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm uncompromising in that way. I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to, uh, market myself, how I wanted this brand to look because at the end of the day, I mean, this is still a business and this is a brand and it's exactly what I wanted to do. And so I it was, I was uncompromising in that, you know, um, so stay true to your brands, true to your, your marketing, you know, um, eventually, you know, the people will come. I love hearing that. Cause I, Awesome. I like, I'm very intrigued by like nerve pathology. So eventually mm-hmm. would like that to be majority of my practice. So yeah, so there's so hope. yeah. <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, when you decided to start your own private practice, like what was the best advice you received? Oh gosh. Or the worst <laughs> advice you received? You know, um, I can't even tell you because I, I didn't get I didn't get, a, I didn't get any advice. <laughs> I really did not be honest with you. Um, you know, I didn't have, 
a lot of, there was not a lot of mentors, you know, um, I, what I can say is when I, when I started practicing in Connecticut, I was an associate with a large group, right? They had mm-hmm. about, you know, three or four offices, five offices elsewhere had probably about 11 doctors, you know, under that umbrella. Um, and I learned a lot, uh, when it comes to just running an office and, you know, billing and coding and everything else. So that was invaluable because I, I learned from, you know, the partners who had been in practice. So that, that I carried with me here, but as far as, um, you know, I can say the, the, not necessarily advice, but just kind of overall, um, mentor type of, uh, uh, you know, something to, to that, that I'll always take with me, Dr. Hyman, who I purchased a practice from, he'll, he says, you know, people are going to, you know, uh, want to know that you care before they care about what you know. And that's one thing I will never forget. And so that's, that's, that's like a mantra, you know, because people do want to know that you care, you know, and then everything else is secondary. I've never heard that, like, like that saying before. Now it's going to, now it's slowly becoming probably my favorite. Like that makes sense. You know, what a great mantra. Right. Exactly. I mean, and and that's, he would always say that he was, he was very loved by his patient. I mean, people still talk about him to this day. He's, um, it was just an amazing, you know, bedside manner. I mean, those, those things matter, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, because when you, you got to be likable. If you, people are going to come, you know, they can right. go, you know how many other podiatrists there are tons. They don't, they don't have to come see you. You know what I mean? So right. that's one thing you should always have. Like, why, why should this patient come see me? Why, do, why should they see me over anybody else? You know, what's so good about me, you know? So these are things I think, I, in my opinion, when you're starting a practice, what yeah. makes you uh, you know, your, your package or everything is, you know, sellable. Like, 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 why should anybody want to come see you? Yes. Like anytime you're on, well, like social media, like I know it's like for soul aesthetic or like your brand, like you're very good at like keeping it all together. And, um, even when we're about, what we're about to talk about was just also very, uh, interesting is that you're an NPC bikini yeah. <laughs> and like, you're killing it. Like, <laughs> Well, thank you. I know I didn't know I'm following you this closely, but like I've been watching, it's like very inspiring. Thank you. You know, I am so, you know, a lot of people will always ask, you know, oh, well, what made you get into podiatry? The typical question, obviously, you know, the usual stuff. I mean, for me, it was, it's sports medicine. I mean, my background is in athletic training. And so I love, you know, sports, sports related injuries. You know, that was one of the reasons Mm -hmm. that I wanted Mm -hmm. to push the regenerative medicine um, because it's been widely used in, professional sports for years, <laughs> you know, but before the commoners, <laughs> the non-elite athletes, you know, got a hold of it. So right. um, that is one of the reasons, uh, sports medicine. And so I, you know, always, I've, I've always been athletic. Um, I was a cheerleader, you know, at university of Michigan, former gymnast, you know, did all this stuff. So um, that is part of the platform is, is fitness looked apart. I attract people who are runners. They're like, you know, I'll go to this doctor. This doctor doesn't you know, know anything about running is just going to tell me, oh, you know, you know, sit out for, you know, six to eight weeks. You don't have to sit out for six to eight weeks. You know, there's other right. things that, that can be done. Exactly. And so when they see me and that's how I, I present it, when they see me, they're like, she gets it. I know she, I know she lives this lifestyle. I know she'll understand. And there's going to be other things that she can do for me because she's a runner or she lifts or she does this herself. And even on the flip side, patients who want to start working out, they're like, look, you know, you're, 
you're motivating. I want to start, I want to, you know, look like you or I want to go work out like the way that you work out. So that's why I want to come see you. You'll understand. And so that is one thing that has been important to me is practice what you preach. Hands yeah. <laughs> down. I get it. I get, I, I get the frustration when you have a, when you can't go run, I get the frustration when you can't do this certain thing, you know, and in the same breath, the whole uh, brand of hot dock and heels and everything, because people would always see me, I'd come to the office, I'm in heels. And they're like, Oh, my God, a foot doctor that wears heels. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, Well, yes, you can wear heels. Don't throw away the heels just because your foot hurts. Let's figure out why your foot actually hurts. And so it's just basically kind of just um, changing the perspective of how to treat patients. And, you know, women would come and say, well, I want to be back in my heels and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to tell me not to wear them because you wear them. And I'm like, that's right. Let's talk yeah. about it. Let's get you back in your heels. It's just changing just, you know, again, the, the perspective of how we practice kind of, I mean, I don't want to say cater, but cater to a different demographic, you know? Um, yes, I still see grandmas <laughs> and great grandmas and everything else but I also see the fashionistas who are trying to get back in their you know Louboutins or something you know what I mean it kind of just covers you know everything yeah you're like a living breathing <laughs> example of like who and who maybe like that they are or striving to be right yeah that's that's amazing how long have you been competing Oh, the competition that that's, that was new. That just started this past year. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I work out every day, you know, the reason I decided to do it, it wasn't even like a bucket list thing. It wasn't like, I want to do a bikini competition. It was more of, um, I wanted to train like one just to see if my body could change. Cause I looked at weights and did all stuff all the time. I was like, huh, you know, just a different challenge, not necessarily get on stage, but the coach that I was working with, he was like, you should compete. He was like, he was like telling you, you should compete. You'll probably win all first place. And I did, which is crazy. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> I was like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it was, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that much a different journey as far as the working out because I work out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very restrictive lifestyle. I will tell you that. I mean, if you're, you know, to get on stage and to be lean and all this stuff, it, it definitely changes a lot. I can't say that it's something I'm going to be doing, you know, for years to come. Um, but you know, I, it's, it's, it challenges you, you know, um, and I'm always up for challenge and changing, you know, changing things around. So, uh, and that's what, like, I'm like, wow, it's very motivational, but as we know, like motivation sometimes slows down. So you have to have this discipline and you seem like somebody that has very strong discipline. If you ever are on the schedule of working out every day and be able to challenge yourself and restrict to be able to achieve like first place, the first time you've competed, that's I know. Like unheard of. <laughs> so like anybody that's like unheard of. So what, like, how have you built this practice of like discipline? I don't know if you can touch on that at all. Um, you know, I would say, I mean, it's, I'm, that but that's always been my personality you know so I think that's just something that has carried me through I mean just even in other aspects of my life um but yes the working out um it's it's just kind of um it's just habitual at this point the the only change with the bikini competing is is the type of exercises I'm doing because it's very specific for because there's a lot of different divisions 
you know, you've got bikinis, even though we're all in bikinis, <laughs> yeah. there's, bikini is an actual division. And then you have figure and wellness and actual, you know, uh, yeah, physique, like bodybuilding, right? There's so many. Uh, yeah. So bikini is a very specific division. And then you have different classes like master class, novice, you know, that type of thing. Um, so the discipline with working out was, was already there. I think um, the eating is very, very restricted. So that's probably the tough part. It's not that the food isn't good. I mean, it's, it's food we eat, fish and green beans and stuff like that. It's just, that's all you eat. You don't eat anything else. Like, so your body gets so used to, it knows what, you know. What's coming. <laughs> right. It knows what to pull from. And so it's, you don't deviate from that. You eat, you, it's a very specific eating. Um, so I would say that that's probably the boring part of it. I'll be honest, because I'm a foodie and I, <laughs> you know, I love new restaurants. Yeah. I love, you know, and so, because there's a social aspect of that, you know, having a, going to happy hour or whatever. So you kind of miss out on those things. Um, so that would be the tough part of, of doing, you know, that. The transition from still owning your own practice to doing this, like competition and all that not much of a difference in your day-to-day then no no you mean just running the business and then and, and still working out and do a, yeah I just I fit it all in I guess yeah. <laughs> I do non, non-negotiables for you really pretty much I mean you know um because the the gym is my second home like I rarely don't go and it's therapeutic for me you know, mm-hmm. everybody has their therapy and that's, that's mine. You know, if I don't go to the gym, I feel it mentally. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and every day, you know, working out like some days it, it's not a, you know, I had a crappy workout, but I went at the end of the day, you still, you, that's, that's the thing. You still went, you know, even if you just were a little bit tired and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do this little bit of elliptical or do this, but you did something. I'm just like, just do something. And you know, <laughs> but it doesn't have, no. to be, it doesn't have to, be, it doesn't have to be a lot. Like you know, if you're feeling run down, then you can sit on the recumbent bike, you know, listen to some songs, at least you're, you're moving, you know? Um, so it just, it became, it's habitual. Like I, you will pretty much never not see me at the gym, you know, except for Sundays, Sundays I run, you know, like I, I, I get my long distance running in on Sundays and that's definitely therapeutic. You kind of get lost in the run and people watch just the fresh air and all that. So I think it's just nice to hear that while you're running a like busy uh practice that you are still like making this time like that yeah there's never balance but like you are having these you gotta uh, have some you have to have an escape because running the practice I mean you know it's it's not easy I mean I mean it's a it's a I love it but it's tough there's so much because so it got worse for me I would say right when the pandemic hit because my practice was only two years old and even though it was, it was an existing practice I bought. So you've got to think of existing overhead, existing bills, existing, all of that. A lot of people don't realize that I didn't start from the ground scratch. So mm-hmm. you would think like, oh, well then that's gotta be even easier. And I'm like, no, actually mm-hmm. when you start from scratch, you can, you can gauge and, 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 you know, you know, you can slow things down that, that yeah. you to um, go at your own pace, but no, this was like double Dutch. You just like, okay, go. And I've got a full staff, you know, I, um, and then a huge overhead and everything. And, you know, and, and because you're new, so you still had a small business loan, you got to pay off. You've got these other loans, you know, so, and you don't make, you don't make a profit for yourself really until that second, third year, you know, people don't think about those things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just crossed my fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, if you break even, you know, that's even, the, but, but what happened was, you know, with the pandemic, that kind of screeching halt, obviously. And, mm-hmm. 
Um, I had to, I had to lay off my staff. I mean, I, if there's no patients coming in, how, you, how can you afford, you know? And in the beginning, my like, you know, payroll was about 10,000 a month. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I said, and, and so I had to let them, I had to lay them off very early because I had COVID when it first came out, when COVID first came out, I had it, you know, um, that was back in, you know, March of 2020. And so everything just kind of snowballed all at once. It was insane. And at this point, you know, even only two years later, two and some change later, I'm not back to normal. I mean, just, I mean, business-wise and everything else, it's not, you know, it slowly had to, you know, rebuild patients trickle in that type of thing. Um, it didn't just immediately just one day I woke up and it was like, Oh, 30 on the schedule. Like, no, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I don't think you're alone in that. And I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people be like, all right, I'm I'm right there with her. (laughs) So if that's okay, we're going to move into some final thoughts and questions. I was going to ask like, what is something outside of the medical industry world that you're currently learning or doing maybe even outside of your uh, fitness in the outside? <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, what an outsider that I'm learning. Um, no, it, it would have been, it would have been the bikini stuff that that's, that's, I mean, that was all new to me, you know, and because it is a very specific sport, if you will, you know, I mean, it's not, that's it was a sport. Yeah. Well, you, you don't really make money. So <laughs> I learned that it's very expensive. That became yeah. $700. So there Holy. you go. It's a, it's a, it is a, it's not a, it's a, it's an expensive um, hobby, if you will. Yeah. Um, sure. At the pro level, um, you know, some, you can get some cash prizes, but it's not to the point where, you know, it becomes lucrative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you just spend, that's, that would be the learning, the new thing that I would, I would say I've learned in this past year, but nothing outside of, um, nothing else outside of that. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a lot, a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. Was, if someone's was. interested in getting their foot, like getting started in that world, like what would you rec- how, what would be your first step? Getting a coach, getting a yeah. coach. Um, and you know, a, a lot of, I find that a lot of women will do this just to, you know, kind of get some new, uh, fitness goals. You know, some of them do it as a, as a bucket list. They're like, I want to do that. And then you get a coach and, and it didn't have to be, I don't train with anybody in person. I mean, it's all online. Um, oh, wow. I mean, some, some you can meet, I'm sure you can chain together, but I know my way around a gym. So it's just like, you know, it's basically, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to work on, you know, and then it, it, it gets a little time consuming only when you have to send in progress picks and stuff like that, you know? So, but other than that, um, I would say for anybody who wanted to start, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a great challenge for yourself and, and, you know, you learn new discipline. Absolutely. You know, so it's just it's something else, you know, to try. That's what I would say. Yeah. And it seems like exciting <laughs> minus the $700 big, right, right. I can't even swim in it. You know, can't yeah. Get it. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it on every once in a while, like a problem. I'll be wearing it to everything, like Vanessa in that bikini. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I gotta get my wears out of this. Okay, until the sequins (laughs) pop off. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, what is a tip that you wish you could tell your younger self about pursuing a career in podiatry? Hmm. Um. That you know, sky's the limit. Really, I mean, if anything. I think that um, 
when, you know, we, we kind of were again in this box and you didn't, and I think that, um, young podiatrists and young students, you know, um, maybe it's changed now. I don't know, but we were never taught that there was so much more that we could do and there, and there's so much more that we can do, you know? Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of my mission is to, again, change the face of what we do and to challenge the perspective. Um, podiatry uh, is, is, has looked one way for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of hard to, to change that, that thinking because a lot of people will still, they don't know that I do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, we do reconstructive surgery. No, we do regenerative medicine. No, we do this, you know? But when, I, one thing I wish is that, you know, podiatry or, or uh, I don't know, I ha- and, and, and I hate to say it like this, like I hate saying podiatrist, because people, once you say podiatrist, they only think of one thing. Yes. You know? um, so a lot of times I'll say foot and ankle specialists or special, I specialize in, you know, regenerative medicine of the foot and ankle, you know, totally different. They, they look at you different, you know, mm-hmm. but once you say podiatrist, you know, it's like the blinders go on and they don't even imagine that you can do that. So then you spend, spend this whole time saying, oh no, I do this too. And I do this and I do this. And so um, I think that the, the, the tip to my younger self would be, you know, like I said, think outside the box, change, change the world. Absolutely. You don't have to, just because we have a limited scope, it does not mean that we have a limited practice. I couldn't agree more. And you said that like you are changing the face and like, that's what's needed to keep expanding our field as well, which is exactly, yes, which is is needed. (laughs) It is, it is, you know, um, you're starting to see a little bit more, you know, it's just, um, I think that, I mean, marketing is huge. Like we, we, you know, I, I wish more of the younger people, you know, are coming up, but hopefully they're doing more marketing just to show of, of what we can, you know, provide. That's, yeah. that, that's, that's what I want to see more of, you know, and getting out there. And that's the biggest thing. I think that, um, you know, getting, getting out there and it's not just pounding the pavement to go say, hi, I'm such and such, but but being a part of, you know, um, business groups, you know, like your chamber, your local chamber, uh, joining, you know, things like that, um, then people will see you more. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that gives you opportunity to uh, talk more about what we do. And then you're like, and again, and it will help change the perception of what we offer you know, but if you're just in your office and yeah, you're putting out marketing mailers or, or just, you know, a little this, that, a website, whatever, which is not bad. Um, or you're doing a Google ad, that's great. But, you know, what else? Well, it, it just depends on, you know, what do you, how do you want to, the, you know, the public to see you, you know, and w- what message are you trying to send? You know, that's exactly how I look at it. So I try to make sure that, you know, I get out and about and, you know, to, you know, events and, and seminars and this, that, and the other, you know, trying to speak at more running clubs, you know, um, you know, and like I said, I mean, it's your business, you're in sales period. Cause you're selling yourself, right. You know, yes. no matter what, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, you know, what you do, you're, you're always going to be in sales, you know? So yeah. and that even comes in the form of referral referrals from other doctors, you know, they can refer to anybody. Why, why should they refer to you? You know, it's all about building relationships. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're running a business. And I think that that would be another tip for the younger self is get more business management and practice management skills because they didn't, we had that at school, but we didn't really 
It w- yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were we were like trying to just survive and like see right. surgeries and stuff. So you did like hear about it, and you're like, well, that sounds like a problem for future me. <laughs> yeah. And you, it, mm, yeah, exactly. I think a lot that happens to a lot of physicians. Period. A lot of doctors of all. Um, they all we all end up opening practices, and we all have you know very little business you know acumen. So we end up struggling. Some we probably lo- end up losing out on a lot of money because of that, you know? Um, and so it does help to, I would say, you know, take some financial courses or take some business courses or something like that to, you know, to, to steady, to, to keep up, you know, just like CMEs, right. Or see oh, yeah. same thing, same thing. They should be the same thing for business, you know, uh, myself included, you know, I mean, I could always use extra advice, make sure you you're contacting, you know, the SBA, you know, all this stuff, you know, the resources are out there. Um, it just gets tough. Cause when you get busy, <laughs> you know, it's hard to do this extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm a one woman show for the most part. I have a, an assistant, you know, part-time, but you know, I'm doing everything. <sighs> Which I don't think people realize how much that eats up. Like you're talking like, today's my administrative day like it's all paperwork all phone right. calls I have calls. an admin yep a yeah, lot of times yeah. the admin days where you're catching up on everything and and that's another thing I mean you know sending emails and this that you know just everything business-wise and it gets overwhelming it does you know but at the end of the day you know there's always going to be that patient that's like oh my god you you know thank you so much and that sometimes that one person makes it all worthwhile and <laughs> you know you could be have the crappiest day and then somebody's just like you made me feel so good. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is why I do this. Aww. I know, I know. If that one patient can pay all these bills, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for like being on and like grateful that you were able to share like your experiences. And it was so fun talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Had a good time. Yeah. Anybody wants to get a hold of you, your Instagram is at Soul Aesthetic TX, TX for uh-huh. Texas. Um, yeah. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Make sure to go follow her for like yeah. excellent motivational, inspirational content. Oh, thank you. Exciting. <laughs> so um, thank you again for being on. And it was a pleasure to get to meet you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Email me at dropoxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.